AI The arms race of AI continues and the latest front is clearly video. Still lots of conversations around Sora which we mentioned last week. There is one theory that this is actually GPT-5 rather than just a video tool. There is so much going on and the paper from Alibaba shows the next evolution with videos created from a single image. The paper is just as complicated as you would expect, but scanning it gives you an idea of the progress that is being made. Because of the work involved there is inevitably a lag between demos and business cases. We are starting to see early adopters describing the benefits. Boston Consulting have some case studies and Klarna remind us that quite mundane use cases can be highly effective, with their AI assistant handling two-thirds of customer service chats its first month. It is this assistant space where I think we see some of the most interesting developments. DID have launched their real-time conversational AI avatars and at the other end of the spectrum, Lori Anderson has announced a Lou Reed chatbot. The team at Puck talk with Strategery about the implications of AI video for Hollywood. Whilst I don't think it's going to replace Hollywood, it's inevitable that this technology will get used and we will see good and bad examples. I had the pleasure of spending some time on a Ridley Scott set a while back and was talking about how lavish his 200 extras were, but he made the point that in post these hundreds will be turned into thousands. This video shows the quality of FX work on the recent movie Nyad. Give this latest AI technology to talent like Scott and we will start to see magic. One thing from last week that prompted comment was watching Sam Altman build a GPT in 3 minutes. Too good to be true? This mere mortal talks through how it took him 10 minutes to build an AI app. R slash VR. Two well-respected commentators talks about the Vision Pro. M.G. Siegler thinks Apple have finally delivered the fabled Apple TV, described by Steve Jobs in 2011. I'd like to create an integrated television set that is completely easy to use. It would be seamlessly synced with all of your devices and with iCloud. No longer would users have to fiddle with complex remotes for DVD players and cable channels. It will have the simplest user interface you could imagine. I finally cracked it. Dan Frommer looks at the device as a shopping tool and finds the first-generation apps wanting. But he has good advice for everyone watching this space. So brands and leaders should approach this as they do any major new platform, with curiosity and by asking what if? At very least, try one out. Start with the free Apple Store demo, and make sure your website works. Designers, curious people, future-leaning brand leaders, and entrepreneurs should experience this world and follow along, even casually. I'll be paying attention and covering any important updates here, so stay tuned. If you have a budget for experimentation, and the creative juices are flowing, it could be a worthwhile field to play. Build some things. Make them yours. See where it goes. Some of the best initial tools could be for designers and engineers, and maybe more initially useful for internal ops, including product design, than consumer-facing projects or marketing. It's worth remembering the first iPhone customers didn't tend to be civilians, they were enthusiasts and their familiarity with the device meant they were ready when the app store opened the door for business. Social. One of the lower-profile ways of monetizing a strata of social is only fans. On TikTok, Instagram and Twitter you have content creators ducking and diving around the platform rules to drive traffic to of pages. The obsession with clout, followers, only makes sense if you can attach a revenue source and for some of the higher profile players, like Andrew Tate, the of model can be lucrative. With over 3 meters creators and revenues of $5.6 billion in 2022, this is a huge business, yet gets little attention. This FT interview with the CEO is fascinating, not least as she keeps rejecting the idea that it's all about adult content. Their attitude to AI is interesting. From the creator's perspective, we don't allow wholly AI accounts. That's because every creator has to be verified as a real human before joining. 
they have to provide us with 10 different pieces of information in the US, 9 everywhere else, including a government-issued ID, plus, go through a check of all of their social media. That doesn't work for an AI-created character. You can't be a verified OnlyFans creator and be an AI character. OnlyFans claims to have distributed over $15 billion since launch in 2016 and they take a 20% cut. That sort of business must make the TikTok people envious. So no surprise they are developing new revenue streams that can be lucrative for TikTok users, and for TikTok. In Australia ABC have investigated the TikTok live economy, where creators can be gifted by TikTok users whilst going live. They find fans are spending dollar thousands to buy the coins needed to buy gifts, but believe TikTok is taking as much as 60%, through varying exchange rates for the diamond currency used for paying creators. So, Dr. Wickstrom and ABC News set up a system to monitor the gifts received by a sample of top Australian and New Zealand-based streamers. Overall, the 84 streamers were given a combined $1.9 million in gifts from their fans. If the 60% cut applies, they would have actually shared about $760,000 between them. If this money were split equally between all the streamers, they would each receive about $9,000 a month, or $108,000 a year. However, this is not how it played out. The tussle between Universal and TikTok continues with more popular tracks being removed, Harry Styles and Coldplay next to leave. New TV Amongst all the debate around being bought by Walmart, Vizio released their latest numbers and the logic about the deal becomes clearer. Their numbers were good but the device's business was down 17% year-on-year. All the positives were around their platform businesses where ad revenue grew by 36% accounts grew to 18.5 meters and Vizio hours increased by 5%. As the deal was confirmed a number of players in the measurement space felt nervous, the gold standard in audience measurement is ACR and Vizio have been a significant supplier of this data. Will that continue? Is it in Walmart's interest to help the rest of the industry? Last week's news that Thinkbox were to welcome Amazon, Disney, Netflix, Vivo and Warner as associate members implied we would see them measured by Barb and from today Amazon Prime Video will be included in the data. I guess the rest follow in the coming months. But what about YouTube? Barb data shows some of YouTube's impact but they are still outsiders. In the US they also dominate in this interview with their execs looks at how their growth on the big screen has come about. Their reach and innovation around ad formats for connected TVs makes them fierce competitors. With Barb measurement normalizing the Amazon offering, we should expect to see more money shift from linear to streaming, but ad pricing is normalizing too as the wishful thinking of high CPMs is being challenged. One possible winner from the Vizio deal is LG. With a similar offer to Vizio they may pick up some of the ACR business that Walmart doesn't want and the deal validates their market positioning. They have a new report on shoppable TV. Disney are pushing a shopping format that uses second screen technology. With decent new numbers Warner seems to have lost interest in buying, or merging with, Paramount. Switching from a $2 billion loss in 2022 to a modest profit in 2023 is impressive although the constituents' parts were mixed, slight growth in users, good growth in ads but content revenue was down. Disney hopes to have finally solved their problems with India through a merger of their Indian business with Reliance. Getting back the cricket's rights it gave up in 2022. The FT report LVMH goes to Hollywood to get brands on screen, with one of the Arno kids leading the new project. Is it a response to French luxury rival Caring buying a majority stake in Creative Artists Agency? Maybe. But it makes perfect sense to build the connections between commerce and culture and luxury brands are already pretty good at this. The obvious first step? A remake of Breakfast at Tiffany's, with Beyonce's acting debut.
Remember this is the firm that bought a $20 million Basquiat that used the duck egg blue that epitomizes Tiffany's. And movies work as assets now, which is why private equity firm Stripes has invested in Oscar-winning cult studio A24, valuing them at $2.5 billion. Fix friend Dave Morgan makes a sensible plea, let's stop siloing TV by its delivery method. We need to move on now. Most advertisers looking to TV for efficient, predictable consumer growth need audiences that are present and accessible on both streaming and linear. And, for those buying on both today, they'd like to have a lot less wasted frequency. Our viewers would greatly appreciate better integration of ad experiences between streaming and linear, and among the various streaming providers. They'd like to have a lot less ad frequency of the annoying ads. And yes, dealing with non-TV devices differently, PC, mobile, game device, will have to be addressed soon. Not all are primary screen, high engagement experiences. But, for now, let's treat streaming and linear together. Please. What do you think? Isn't it time to move on? and treat everything on TV like TV? https colon slash slash www.mediapost.com slash publication slash article slash 393762 slash it's all TV stop siloing it by delivery method.html? utm underscore source equals pocket underscore saves. It's why I've used the term new TV for so long now. Agencies. With generally poor results the big operating companies are struggling. Essentially they are offering a homeopathic solution trying to have clients believe the small proportion of tech talent they have can make the whole company effective, in today's marketing environment. With rumors of 30% redundancies looming at a number of firms, it's a tough market. Tech splits add companies' fortunes in two, Wall Street Journal. The various challengers may be better placed. Accenture Song have developed the maestro way of marketing, helping companies find success by seeing marketing as a symphony, not a solo performance. Hmm, does that strike the right note? In an abrupt change, Martin Sorrell's S4 has made a big thing of a tech investment, buying into TV scientific who hope to make TV ads as measurable as Google and Meta. The investment pitch deck can be read here. It could be a smart investment but Sorrell was famously against investing in tech, preferring to spend his time and money rolling up agencies. Which worked really well. Until it didn't. Publicis have made a big thing of their tech acquisitions and they seem to be working quite well. But there is still that homeopathy issue. The holding company that has done the most investing in tech is Brand Tech and this interview with their CEO sees them labeled as masters of modern marketing. The interviewer is notable, it's an exec at investment firm Scottish Mortgage who are renowned for being early investors in the best tech firms, including NVIDIA. Turns out they invested in Brand Tech back in 2015. AdTech More bad press for programmatic, Wired have an intriguing story on how the US government learned to use AdTech to track down fugitives and people of interest. After acquiring a data set on Russia, the team realized they could track phones in the Russian President Vladimir Putin's entourage. The phones moved everywhere that Putin did. The Atlantic are less concerned with privacy but lament the sheer weight of advertising seeing. The internet has long been clogged with advertising, but something different is happening today. Gone are the days of simple banner ads, even the sponsored Instagram posts invading my feed have started to feel quaint. Now nothing is safe from brands trying to sell us stuff. Open the Uber app mid-ride to check your ETA, and you might first have to wait out a 90-second video. Search for healthy snack in the grocery delivery app Instacart, and perhaps you'll see a screen-clogging ad for that's at bars made of 100% fruit. Hotel chains, airlines, pharmacies, and basically every other kind of business are also cashing in on online ads. The end result is an internet adpocalypse that has become impossible to escape. The irony is that many, most, of these brands don't want to be everywhere, 
As the analytics team pointed out last year Google appeared to be putting ads all over the place. Google disputed much of the analytics work but have now made changes to the ad products which should protect brands better and minimize the likelihood of ads being where they shouldn't be. The Trade Desk shared their take on the next year in ad tech, at a NY event around the demise of cookies and the alternatives. Digiday have the story. On the same topic this ad tech veteran asks do we have to choose Team IAB or Team Google? Is there no other way forward? Plus plus. Roblox game developers earned a record $741 million last year. How many news websites block AI crawlers? Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. Shine considers London listing if US IPO blocked over ties to China, FT. European football needs innovation and drama, says Real Madrid and FC Barcelona investor FT. Sundar Pichay, AI can strengthen cyber defenses, not just break them down, FT.